Hello, everybody, and welcome to Mind Body Green's beauty podcast, Clean Beauty School. I am your host and Mind Body Green's beauty director, Alexandra Engler. On this podcast, we explore beauty through the lens of well being. Thank you so much for joining me today. On today's episode, we have on one of my favorite people in the beauty industry, Justin Anderson. Justin is a celebrity hair colorist who also is the co-founder of the brand DP Hue. I say Justin is one of my favorite people in the industry because his personality is so bright. His attitude is infectious. He is so fun to talk to. I truly always get so excited every time I get to touch base with him. Not to mention, I love following along to his Instagram. He is so funny on there. Seriously, if you do not follow him, I put his Instagram handle in the show notes. So please follow him immediately if you don't already. Anyway, I could probably go on and on, but I won't. And instead, let's just jump right into the interview. It is so fun. He is so fun to chat with. Here we go. Justin, welcome. Hi, Alex. How are you? I haven't seen you in so long. This is a very special day for me to get to hang out with you. Oh, well, I am so, so excited to get to hang out with you too. Oh my God. When I was able to come out and visit you out in California, you completely changed my life by convincing me to go blonde. I have since let the blonde, you know, fade a little bit. I'm not as blonde as I was, but you, you were just so fabulous. I love your direction with color. So I cannot wait to chat with you more about what you've been up to and, you know, give our audience some of your incredible advice. Was that the last time I saw you was in LA? It was. I mean, I feel like that was the last time we saw each other in person. Yeah. Wow. That's so wild. Yeah. We did that big like beauty day at the DPQ house. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's so wild. I mean, COVID has literally messed up all of my timing. Oh, it totally has. But you know what? We may have seen each other quickly in between in New York. Yeah, right. Somewhere. I yeah. Feel. Yeah. But it would have been really, I mean, the last time we ever like spent like proper time together, I feel like was like back in LA. Wow. That is wild. Time flies. It is insane. I know. COVID really screwed up my entire t- timing sense too. I'm like, oh, oh was wild. that a week ago or is that three years ago? I have no idea. Yeah, I was <laughs> back to LA recently. Um, for my sister's baby shower and I saw like all these family members who I hadn't seen like all through COVID and that's like almost three years you know but it feels like it was just well I keep thinking that COVID was like one year of our life you know yeah but it definitely it's, not. <laughs> it super wasn't it was it was way more than one year but yeah I can't wrap my head around it either well listen I want our audience to get to know you a little bit better and hear a little bit about your story and how you got into hair and hair color and the beauty industry you know so what what drew you to hair and hair color it's wild like it wasn't I don't come from like a super creative family like my dad was in construction and my dad's from a really big Mormon family and all of him and his brothers and his cousins were all in like the family construction business so like a very manly family and growing up like I always had like a creative side to me I like I like to paint and I took a lot of like art classes and just everything was more creative for me so I went to college and in the back of my mind I always knew I wanted to do hair and I ended up dropping out of college and I went to beauty school and kind of chased my dream but I just remember when I was a kid I was always really fascinated by women's hair and makeup like I loved watching my mom get ready in the bathroom or like seeing like my aunts or like 
any woman in my life, like going to a special event, she would get like ready. Something about it got me so excited. And I think it was more like the confidence that it would give them rather than like the beauty of it. The beauty was cool and you would, you would notice it. But I love seeing like women who are confident. Like that always got me excited. So going into hair, I went into it. It was a passion. I had to drop out of college. And I feel like it, since it was something I really want to do, I did well at it. So I immediately started assisting after beauty school. And in, in Beverly Hills, I knew I wanted to do color. So I found out at this time, it was way before social media, right? So I looked through all the beauty magazines and I saw who all the best colorists at the time were, who were doing like all the really big celebrities. And I knew I kind of wanted to specialize in blonde. So I was looking at who was doing the best blonde hair. And I went and worked for like three of the top blonde colorists in LA. And um, yeah. the rest is kind of history. I just knew that I wanted to learn it and be best at it. I mean, obviously you are the best at blonde. And so it did work out well for you. <laughs> okay. And, you know, you, you w learned under a lot of people who were in the celebrity scene. And, you know, obviously you were in LA, you were in Beverly Hills, where it all was. You know, so did you always know you wanted to go the direction of working with celebrities and kind of like crafting that clientele for yourself? It really wasn't like my ultimate goal. Like I was always like, oh, it would be cool. But to be really honest, like I didn't think that it would happen for me. So I wasn't like, oh, I need to have a celebrity clientele. But I just knew I wanted to be really good. And I was in the right place. I was in Beverly Hills, you know. Yeah. And I remember my first celebrity client. I had just started doing hair on my own. So in L.A., when you go to when you go to do hair in Beverly Hills, you usually assist for somebody. I hate that I keep saying Beverly Hills over and over. Never will Beverly Hills not seem so bougie and annoying to say. Every time I say it, I'm like, oh, it's so annoying. I mean, my head just goes straight to Housewives at this <laughs> point. So <laughs> every time I say it, it's like whenever I say celebrity colorist or Beverly yeah. Hills, I just feel like the biggest douchebag in the world. <laughs> but anyways, being in that town, you know, you're bound yeah. to be around who are celebrities. And I remember when I very first went on the floor, as a as a colorist myself, I was only like 21 years old, maybe Damn. because I didn't assist for a long time. Like most people would assist for like two years with one person to really learn the craft. And I was like a sneaky little guy and I would work for like <laughs> three months for each person. And then I would kind of quit and go to the next one because I wanted to learn all of their tricks really quick, which wasn't good. But I still have a relationship with all those people. So they're not mad at me. But I was just really driven. So I started doing hair on my own at like 21. I, I convinced this really popular salon. I was like, I can do this. I'm fabulous. I'm the best. Like, I'm going to blow your socks off, whatever. So they gave me a spot. They gave me a chair at the salon. And I remember one night, it was really late, uh, late in the day. Everyone was going home. And the salon got a phone call that Kirsten Dunst need, needed to go blonde for Marie Antoinette from being red in Spider-Man. And everybody in the salon was like, no way, we're going home. It's like six o'clock at night or whatever. And I was like, I'll stay, I'll do it. So I got the keys from the salon owner and I stayed and I did her hair late, late, late into the night. And that was like my first big celebrity client. And at that time, like I was saying, there was no Instagram. It was all magazines, yeah. and right? I didn't have a publicist, but Vogue magazine ended up reaching out to me and was like, we want to do a, a feature on you being a new colorist and you just transformed Kirsten Dunst hair. And they were like, who are your celebrity clients? And I was like, her, like, that's it. <laughs> I was like, I was seriously like a baby. But anyways, Vogue magazine wrote about me. They did a whole picture. Like I was in the magazine and it was like a whole thing on me being the, the blonde guy. And it kind of went from there. I was doing a lot of socialite women. Like I really was like out and networking. So I was doing sure. like big women, at like the social scene in LA. But Kirsten really was like my first celebrity client. 
And then from there, I was just hustling and I, I started doing a lot of people. I think when I did Jennifer Aniston, like that changed the game for me. You know, the, the first yeah. time with Jennifer Aniston years ago, we've been friends forever and I love her the best person in the world. But working with Jennifer like changed the game. I feel like everyone always wants to know who colors Jen's hair. Yeah. I mean, she is obviously the hair icon of our time. So yeah. anyone who touches her hair is like immediately like you are shot to the top in the beauty industry. Yeah, it was but a listen, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. No, continue, continue. I want to hear. It was just a wild <laughs> thing. I mean, like in my career, you know, doing hair color, that really is like, I don't want to act like passive about like, oh, the time I did Jennifer Aniston's hair. When it happened, when I got that call or I got the opportunity to do it, like I was like, whoa, this is the craziest thing in the world. I mean, I was yeah. like, in school and like, it was that like, that was the pinnacle of like friends and Jennifer was on top of the world. She's still on top of the world. But getting that phone call, I was just like freaking out. And it was an incredible experience. I mean, I, I can imagine uh, anybody in the beauty industry, I feel like, views Jen as such like an icon for skin, hair, everything. So, I mean, working with her in any capacity, I'm sure was just like mind boggling at the time. And, you know, clearly you've kept a relationship with her as you have so many of your other clients. Listen, I, I know that you split your time now, right? Are you still splitting your time? Yeah, I am. LA and Nash Nashville? Yeah, Nashville. So right before the pandemic, I moved to Nashville and it was really supposed to be just like a temporary place. I wanted a home outside of LA because I was kind of getting burnt out on LA. I, I was born and raised there. I'm not a California hater. That's my home. So I'm not being mean about California. But I had just gotten to a place where I was like, I need to experience life outside of Southern California. So we bought a place in Nashville to do part time. And then COVID hit and the whole world changed. So I kind of was just stuck in Nashville. And I was going back a little bit, like very carefully to do some celebrities and stuff, but it got hard. So a lot of my assistants in LA started doing like my really big celebrities. And, and then I just got really comfortable in the sense that like, I have my own hair care line, DP Hue. So it's, we're, uh, we sell everywhere. We just went international. And I really focus on that, but it gave me the time to really focus on the brand. And I yeah. really did stop doing as many clients. I do some of my favorite people. I'll go back for special events, but my assistants mostly take care of them now. Well, that is a perfect segue because I do want to talk a little bit about DPU or a lot about DPU because I do genuinely love this brand. How did that come about? So it was wild. I, I kind of always knew that like I wanted to have my own brand in the way that like I wanted to do things like a little bit different or get people products that I felt were different that weren't on the market yet. And it was really big for me to not just put out me too products as they call them, like just put yeah. out a conditioner. I wanted them to be very specific. But when I got to the point in my career where I was kind of like ready, like, okay, now is where I could, you know, with, with all the names that I have behind me and everything that I have on my resume, I can really, I feel like it's the right time to put my own thing out there. I partnered up with my partner, Donna Polad. She came to me. She had started DP Hue before me, but they were little pop-up salons where they would do touch up your roots and give you kits to take home. So she came and met with me in LA. And this was at a time where like a lot of different people were meeting with me to want to do like a product together. And like I was yeah. saying, I didn't want to just do something big and massive that didn't feel like me. And so she came to me and I didn't really know what it was about. And she was from Minneapolis. It was just like a connection that was made. And we went to dinner one night and she was explaining to me the, the product line, DP Hue, and she was talking about at-home root touch-up kits. And she was like, I'm sure that you probably think people can't color their hair at home. And I'm like, no, it's actually a fabulous idea. You know, I was creating kits in the salon to send yeah. with my celebrity clients on the road when they would go do big projects. 
and they learned how to like touch up their own gray roots. So anyways, from that, we started really putting our brains together. And I was like, you know, my dream is to make a whole product line of a bunch of products that specifically take care of your hair color needs in between salon visits. So many weird things happen to our hair in between going to the salon. So this was years, years, years ago. So we ended up partnering up together and we've created a whole line. We have a ton of products and all of them have very specific needs for things that happen to your hair in between salon visits, like fading, your roots coming in, temporary root coverage. Um, And then now we have shampoos and rinses that are really good for the hair to help keep your color in at home glosses. So we've really built on this idea of taking care of hair color in between salon visits. That's a mouthful. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, what I also love about you guys is, you know, you do prioritize using clean and natural ingredients. And you so often, you know, you look at the ingredient list of what you guys have and it's, you know, it's really cool things like apple cider vinegar, you know, et cetera, et cetera. I know that's like such a core part of DPQ. Why, you know, why did you gravitate towards those sorts of ingredients? Um, It was just really important to us. You know, I feel like that's just the direction that a lot of things are going. There's still a lot of crap out there. I mean, we both know, but it was really important to me. You know, I'm a really big believer. It sounds silly. Like, of course, everyone should think this way, but I feel like people really need to take care of their hair because it lives on our head every single day. You know, I think of it almost like a, a piece of clothing, you know, like It'd be like if you're wearing your favorite t-shirt and you washed it every single day, it's going to break down, it's going to lose its color, whatever. And I think about the hair the same way. And a lot of people, you know, we've just been taught to shampoo our hair every time we get in the shower. And I don't, I think that most people over shampoo their hair. So one of our, our hero product is the apple cider vinegar rinse. And it's the most gentle way to clean your hair without using shampoo. So it's a rinse that you can use every time you get in the shower. It has a little nozzle in it. The main ingredient is apple cider vinegar. And then, of course, we souped it up with a bunch of things to take care of your hair. But it's the most gentle way to clean your hair. And that was important to me because shampooing every single day strips the hair color. You know, even if you're using really, really good shampoo, when you're sudsing up your hair, it's like throwing your favorite T-shirt into the washing machine every single day with detergent. It's going to break down. It's going to dole out the color. So the apple cider vinegar rinse is the most gentle way to clean your hair. And I just come from that place of like, we should really take good care of our hair because it just sits on our head every single day. We can't switch it out, you know? Yeah. <laughs> you know how that, your hair is so long, you have to take care of it if you want to keep it. You have to. Also, <laughs> you know, another point, and this is what I always tell people is if you're going to spend the money to go get your hair colored, especially in the salon, especially, you know, if you spend the money to get a good colorist, you have to invest in the products you're using in the meantime. Like why spend all that money If you're just going to go home and use, you know, kind of a shitty product that is going to strip all that color that you just paid a lot of money for. No, you just nailed it. That's absolutely what it what it is. And, you know, I will be very honest. I was charging crazy amounts of money for hair color. People maybe in the middle of the country would hear the prices and be like, what the hell? But it was it was the standard in L.A. and where I was at in my business. And I felt really bad that like you charge that much money and then people didn't really know how to take care of their color at home. And I know as a colorist, there's all these little tricks that I could teach people how to take care of their hair color. So I was like, so why not just make products that really specifically take care of the hair color and then also just healthy hair in in general. You don't have to color your hair to use my products. They're all just really going to take care of your hair, whatever color it is. But it's so true. I always say to people, it was so funny, like I would live 
in LA and you'd see like a woman who would have like a $5,000 Chanel bag, but then you'd be like, oh, I'm not paying a lot for my hair. And I'm like, but you wear your hair every single day. It's like sure. your most important accessory, you know? And I think that hair color in particular changes everything. If you have bad hair color, that's the quickest way to look cheap, in my opinion. Yeah. You know, like totally. your hair has to look expensive. You wear it every day. It has to go with your skin color, your eye color, all of that. Yeah. I mean, you know, let's get into some of the fundamentals of hair color. I think the most obvious one that people ask, and I think something that even I still struggle with is how do you identify what color you should be? You know, I, I, I was, before we hopped on, I just, you know, I was having this conversation with you that I feel like I'm in a little bit of an aesthetic rut. I don't know what I should be doing. You gave me some good advice, but you know, let's, let's talk about the basics of how people can identify a color that can work for them. Well, I think the number one thing is if you're going to color your hair, you know, obviously find somebody who's really good. And I think we're in a really cool time right now with social media that it's so easy to find colorists that you like, or even seeing people online with color that you like, even friends in your community that you follow on Instagram or whatever, and reaching out to them and saying, who colors your hair? So first get connected with a really good colorist. And then when you get to the colorist, I always tell people, if you find someone who's really good at doing hair color, you've seen some of their work, you've done the research, when you get in their chair, really listen to them, you know, because most people who do good hair color, they have an eye for it. And I always found that I did the most beautiful work when clients would just really trust me in the chair. And then I'd work with them for a while. I'd start to change their hair color into exactly what I wanted. And then they'd be like, oh, wow, now I'm really getting your vision. Like this really works on me. I'm getting so many compliments and whatnot. But beyond that, I would say the other really big thing is something that you should always try to do is kind of mimic your hair color when you were a little kid. If you think mm -hmm. about what our hair color was when we were a little kid, the sun lightened it a lot easier. So you would get those really natural highlights, you know, and as we get older, our hair just gets darker, you know, it just does. So if you want to go lighter, try to mimic where you were at as a, and if your hair was like a light brown when you were a kid, chances are when you're an adult, if you dye it a dark brown, it might not be flattering on your skin. And then there's all the technical things that go in like ashy brown or, or, or like a golden brown, you know, and those things really go off of skin, skin tone. So I think that like people who are a bit more, have a bit more of a tan or like an olive skin, sometimes look better with like warmer tones, golden highlights rather than. I mean, if you imagine somebody with like, like an olive skin tone with white ashy highlights, you know, you can imagine just in your head what that contrast would look like, you know? So there is like a whole, there's a color. I find for me, when I get really tan, I spend a lot of time in the sun during the summer and I'm still one of those people that gets color, even though I wear SPF, I, I promise I wear SPF, but I get color. <laughs> when I'm tan, I like when my, when my hair color, I'm blonde when my hair color looks a bit more golden. So I like when it has a little bit of the yellow tones to it because it's a good contrast with the tan skin. But then in the winter, when my skin goes a lot more pale, I look better with really cool ashy tones. So anybody listening, you can visualize taking out the yellow, taking out the warmth, you know, that looks yeah. better against pale skin. So it is kind of a game. It's a little dance that you play with skin. I want to go back to the point that you said about research who you're going to. And I think you're spot on when you say that, you know, we are in this great time where people can spend time on Instagram. They can look at people's, you know, past work, et cetera. And it makes it the process a lot easier. But, you know, I think people still want help in how they can identify somebody who is going to be a good colorist for them. So 
you know, what are some green flags, yellow flags, red flags that, you know, people might encounter when they are trying to find a colorist that they can. Well, for me, I really like, like I was saying, I like really natural hair color, right? So it's like, yeah. if that is your thing too, and you, you, you can relate to that. You look for hair color that looks really, really natural. Of course, you're not going to look at somebody's uh, Instagram feed who has a ton of platinum colors or purples and pinks and whatnot. So that kind of tells you the direction that you should go and you start to look or whatever. But for me, like my advice to people, I always tell people it's like you want to make sure to keep contrasting your hair. Like I was complimenting your hair color and you said you haven't done it a really long time, but it looks so beautiful right now because there's so much contrast in it. Imagine, you know, you have those beautiful natural highlights going throughout your hair, but imagine if they were all really close together and you had a ton of them, right? When yeah. it grows out, you would see that really solid line that's growing out. But since you have all that nice contrast, it grows out really well because that's kind of like little kid's hair. You know, you never see like mm -hmm. root a little kid, even if they have yeah. all those highlights from the sun because they're spaced out and there's all that beautiful contrast in there. So you want to work for some or look for somebody who's really good at putting contrast in the hair, not to keep saying Jennifer Aniston, but like I feel like Jennifer Aniston, what makes her really stand out is all the all the nice colors that go throughout her hair. You know, she's considered a blonde, but she's not solid blonde. The most special pieces in her hair are the the really bright pieces that kind of pop in different places in her hair. So you want to look for that like placement and contrast when you're looking for highlighted hair. Does that kind of help? Yeah, no, absolutely. This is kind of a strange question, but it's something that I think about a lot. How should people show up for their very first coloring appointment? Because I say this as somebody who has wavy and curly hair. So do I want to show up to my appointment, you know, with my hair in its natural state, you know, all those little things that can maybe help guide a colorist help you out? Like, how would you prefer I show up to an appointment? That's like such a good question. And I can talk about hair for days and days and days. So no question is silly to me. And I was one of the few people I found in the salons that I would work at where one of the first questions I would ask a new client is like, how do you wear your hair? Because you can make anybody's hair color look beautiful if you give them a really perfect blowout, right? So I would ask people, I'm like, are you the type of person that wears your natural texture every day? And if they are in the situation like that, I need to space the highlights out a bit more. I need to see like the natural curl of the hair because I want to paint the brightest pieces right where it kind of waves or right where it hits the cheekbone or whatnot. So I would always ask people questions like that. And if somebody was new and they came in with like a really straight blowout and they would say, oh, I don't usually wear my hair like this. I usually have a little bit of a wave to it. I would have my assistant rinse it out and then we would just kind of rough dry it. Mm -hmm. And then I wear on that kind of hair. So I think it's a great idea to come into your first salon visit wearing your hair how you normally wear it and be honest about it, you know, because there were people who I had certain clients, you know, like a. Uh, Gwyneth Paltrow, when I very first met her, would always wear her hair really kind of straight and styled, right? So that would allow me to be able to do closer together highlights and lots of them and make her very blonde because that just tends to look better with a really nice blowout. But then as Jennifer or as Gwyneth Paltrow started wearing her hair more natural and kind of like letting her natural wave go in it, we started making her, her hair color a bit more kind of uh, contrasty and leaving sure. a little bit more of the dark in there. So it's an absolute, it's a real thing. Also asking people, you know, do you wear your hair back a lot? Because yeah. I, I was one of the craziest people in the color world with the hairline because I hated nothing more than when the girl would pull her hair back in a ponytail and it would look like chunky stripes coming off of her face or whatever. 
So I was like neurotic about that hairline. I would go in and sometimes I would highlight it two times. I would highlight it, we'd rinse it out, and then I would go back in at the bowl and I would re-highlight just around the face, you know? So all of those things, if you go to a good colorist, they should ask those questions. Where do you part your hair, you know? I really just love placement. So if somebody does a deep side part all the time, I would want that one money piece that kind of frames nice and bright. So that's a great question. Go in with how you normally wear your hair and just communicate a lot. Tell them. Yeah. You know, I think people, they, especially when they first meet a colorist or hairstylist, they're almost afraid to have that sit, to have that full consultation with them. You know, they, they almost like, they're like, they sit down and they say, oh, you know, do whatever. Or they kind of let the other person have the reins. But having that conversation is such a key part of it because yes, you do obviously need to listen to the professional. But the professional needs to get to know you and how you're going to actually, you know, work with your own hair every day. If you're not going to give yourself a blowout, that's a huge piece of information, you know? Absolutely. And no, and it's it's a real thing. You know, I I think one of the reasons I really went into hair, one of my favorite things about hair, and since I'm not doing as much now, I really miss it, is the conversation. I love talking. I loved one of the things I loved about working with celebrities was not them being celebrities, but was the collaboration. Okay, what product yeah. product working on? What's the look that we're going for? I loved talking to like directors on a movie or hairstylists on a movie because like, what's the look that we're going for? So I really liked the whole collaborative thing. A lot of people will go to a colorist. Let's say you go to your colorist for 10 years or whatever. There's going to be a certain point where you just sit in the chair and you guys don't say anything. And they just do the work. I never worked like that. Every single time somebody sat in my chair, I thought, okay, so what's the mood? What are we going for? Do you want to go brighter than last time? Should we go a little darker? Do you want to hit this piece a little harder? So I loved all of that stuff. I was also one of those people, you want to find a colorist that is willing to collaborate. And there is this thing where it's like, I never got bothered if somebody would call me a week later and be like, hey, I want a couple. And I would tell people this. I was like, you let me know if you want anything changed. I never got bothered if somebody called me a few weeks later or a week later and was like, I want a couple more bright pieces around the front. Mm-hmm. And I absolutely pop in and we kind of add to it because hair color, it, it's a creative thing. It should be yeah. a collaboration. We all have an eye. I never wanted to feel like I was the absolute king and you had to listen to me. Like I would listen to what the, these women are wearing this color every single day and they want to feel as beautiful as possible. And I know what it's like too, because like I'm particular about my hair color. You know, sometimes I want to be brighter. Sometimes I want to be a little bit darker. So it should be fun and it should be a conversation. I mean, I love that you talk about, you know, crafting a vision and talking with your clients about that vision. On that subject, you know, I think a lot of women, they do craft this vision. This Is that something you recommend to people to kind of come up with like a hair color mood board? Like, what are your thoughts on that? Because I know colorists have different thoughts on, you know, bringing pictures into the salon. No, I, again, I think that's fabulous. I think it's, you know, as a colorist, I'm a very visual person. I think that most colorists are. So I love when people brought me photos because I would even ask them questions. What do you like about this? Do you like how it's a little bit brighter in the front? Or do you like how there's so much contrast? Do you see gold there? Because I see like a golden tone, Mm -hmm. you know, so a conversation about what should happen. So I really like photos. It was wild to me though, because it was like somebody with like, jet black hair would bring in a picture of like Giselle or Margot Robbie. (laughs) I know you knew Margot Robbie's hair color and I love this color. I want it to be that color. I'm like, okay, we got to be real though. You know, it's, that's not going to work on your hair, hair color. So pictures are good for that too, because it kind of starts to come. Because someone could sit in the chair and be like, oh, I want highlights. Just the conversation, it can go 
you cannot see eye to eye sometimes if you're not seeing something visual in front of you. So I always thought it was wonderful. I really liked it. It's so funny. Remember when we were kids, like our moms would like go to the salon and they'd have like an actual book there where they yes. look colors <laughs> and stuff. And that seems so dated, but it's not, you know, nowadays you sit in the chair and you just scroll Instagram and show your colors like, oh, I really like this color. And it, it, it starts the conversation of what, what, what can actually work. Sure. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, to your point, I think it can bring you and your professional closer to the shared vision because, you know, like you said, there, there are going to be things that I love that I am never going to be able to do with my hair just because the nature of my hair texture or my commitment to my hair color or all of these things that we talk about. And I need to hear that (laughs) in a reality check. A lot of people don't realize too, you know, like hair is my game, right? I've done yeah. it forever. I'm always around it. And it was always funny to me, like when people in the salon would be like, oh, I can't believe that they actually thought that they could carry off that hairstyle or whatever. I'm like, they don't, a lot of people don't know the same way. I don't know how to perform surgery on somebody, or I don't know how to bake a perfect souffle cake. You know, like these people don't, it's, it's hair is, you have to learn it. I mean, I even recently, I wanted to grow out a mullet because I thought it'd be fun and I grew it out. <laughs> No, I can't have a mullet because my hair is really curly. I just had like these like little curly wisps in the back of my head. But I should have known better. But um, no, it's definitely sometimes we think we can do things we can't. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, you know, you obviously have a full brand dedicated to helping prolong and enhance and enrich color, you know, in between appointments. So you are the master at helping people, you know, care for their hair daily. I want to talk about some mistakes that people are making that may be impacting the longevity of their hair. You've mentioned washing hair too much. I think this is probably the most common mistake, but let's talk about some other ones. You know, what are people doing in their day-to-day lives that may be hurting their color? Um, well, I do also, I, I think that we should elaborate on the not washing because it's like when you tell somebody that, that people will say to me all the time, They'll be like, oh, no, I have to wash my hair every single day or else it gets greasy. And I'm like, yeah, but you have to realize that your hair is getting greasy because you're yeah. washing day, you know, so it's like the more you shampoo your hair, your scalp's going to freak out and it's going to start to overproduce oils, you know, because it's getting dry. So then you have like greasy hair. I whenever I say this, it sounds gross, but like I don't I shampoo my hair maybe once a month, but I do yeah. my apple cider vinegar rinse every day. My hair is never oily. I always have a lot of body in my hair. And I really think that it's because I trained my hair to not shampoo every day. It's the same thing if somebody uses chapstick every single day, like, oh, no, I have to use chapstick. My lips get chapped. It's like, well, they're getting chapped because you're putting chapstick on every day. So you're addicted to it. So it's just something like that. So when you're shampooing every day, not only does it kind of mess up your scalp and everything, it really dries the hair out. I would find the people who shampoo every single day and they're like, but I have to shampoo. I was like, but your hair is so dry. You're really drying it out. So that's my major one, just for the color not fading and then just for the hair getting super, super healthy. But How often do you recommend people wash, people who come in and say, I have to wash my hair every day? Like, what is your compromise? At what point do you say, okay, I hear you, but, you know, please at least extend it to every other day. Is it every week? What's your recommendation? Well, I found that people that I would work with in the chair that had the most beautiful, healthy hair would really realistically go like five or seven days without a wash. So they'd get like a blowout and then they'd let the hair sit for like five days. The style looks great. You know, when your scalp is okay with the style looks great five days later, 
But what that's doing is like your natural oils start to go into your hair and it's protecting your hair and it's kind of moisturizing the hair on its own. So that was the healthiest hair I've ever found. That's not realistic for everybody, especially not for me. I do hot yoga every single day. So I walk out of my workouts dripping with, in sweat, you know, but I come home every single day. I jump in the shower, I rinse my hair with water, and then I throw my apple cider vinegar rinse through it. And it just does a really light, gentle cleanse to it. And then I rinse it out. And so I think that's the trick. If you have to rinse your hair every single day, use the rinse and then do one shampoo a week. I just think people should get back to like shampoo should be like a treat, you know, or it's like if you went camping, I don't know who camps anymore, <laughs> or you went to like Coachella, like a music fest, or maybe you yeah. were at a house party and somebody was smoking weed in the house and your hair smells really, really bad. So you want yeah. like a deep clean. I think that shampoo should be treated like something like that. Like it's like, oh, my hair is absolutely disgusting. I need to shampoo it, you know, but day to day, every day, the ACV rinse is fabulous for that. Okay. All right. I listen, I'm on board with this. I, I rarely shampoo my hair, but I know that I have a lot of people who it still takes some convincing, but no, I think a, a nice rinse is a solid in between. Okay. So don't over shampoo. What other mistakes are people making? Um, a lot of people still to this day, it blows my mind, will still put like conditioner from the roots to the ends. You know, conditioner sure. really just be through the ends, mid shaft at the most, down through the ends. I do love a weekly hair mask. We have a fabulous one also with apple cider vinegar. Apple cider vinegar is great for sealing the cuticle. So it really makes the hair super, super shiny. And apple cider vinegar is just great. I drink a shot every single day. It's great yeah. for skin. It's really good for the scalp. So it's just a great ingredient. But we have a, a deep conditioner with that in it. A lot of people also don't realize when you're highlighting your hair, highlighting your hair is essentially pulling the pigment out of the hair, right? So if you're bleaching your hair, the highlights, you're pulling the pigment out. So that's essentially making your hair kind of like an empty straw. And that hair is it has a tendency to be drier. So a lot of people don't realize that you should add good oils back into your hair. So I think that people, if you're making your blow dry last for five days, Every day you should put a really light natural oil through the ends just to kind of coat it so the hair can kind of soak it back up so it's not brittle like a yeah. an empty straw essentially. So we have a, a color, our color fresh oil that's great for every single day, super lightweight, but it's clear. The special yeah. thing is too, years ago, you'll know the product I'm talking about. There was this hair oil that everybody talked about and it was like a deep yellow color. Mm -hmm. And I took so many blondes in LA. And I remember there's this one period where all of my blondes were coming back to me and they were kind of brassy. And I was like, what the hell is going on? Like, did I change products or whatever? And it come to find out it was this oil that everybody was using. So stay away from any oil or product that has a tint to it because that will tint your highlighted hair. So that's another thing. All of our products are completely, we don't add colors to them. They're not going to dole out the hair. So yeah. be careful with that. That is one of my favorite tips. You gave that to me several years ago back in LA when you highlighted my hair and you gave me that tip and it totally blew my mind. And I I tell that to every blonde I know. I'm like, evaluate your styling products. <laughs> it's wild how much it works. And like styling products also like there's a few lines I will not name names, of course, that'd be an asshole move. But there's some lines that a lot of people use that make blonde hair and not just bright blonde hair, even like your color, like you have natural blonde highlights going throughout it. It doles it out. So I was with a friend this weekend and we were at the iHeart Music Festival. She yeah. was presenting and presenting there. And so I was with her when she was getting her hair styled. And I saw this one product come out. Her hairstylist was using it, the uh, girl who was styling her hair. And she pulled this product. Out. I'm like, no, don't do that. Cause my friend's really bright blonde. 
she used the product and it immediately looked like dull. The color didn't look as bright. So there's, there's like colors that are added into these products that really mess with your hair. So another thing, we created a whole styling line, hairsprays, thermal protection, all of that, that have no added color to them because product, hair styling products really do that to hair. I would have clients who would go like on a movie set for months and they would get their hair styled every day on movie set. They'd come back and their hair color was like a completely different color. Yeah. And you can't, I couldn't really control that as a colorist because people on set or were, were using it on their hair and it was affecting it. So that kind of stuff drove me crazy. So that's where all of my products kind of come from. All of my frustrations that I would <laughs> see on work that I've done. And then things that, I mean, I had so many years and so many clients in the chair telling me all of their complaints that I just made mental notes. We've been making all these products that kind of take care of those issues. So listen, on the flip side from making sure that your products don't have any added color in them, obviously, you know, the other end of that spectrum is toning products, which will actually help your hair color. I know that you guys have, have some fabulous toning products. I, I personally use your purple shampoo and conditioner combo. Let's talk about those. I, I find that those have had a peak in interest lately. I think largely due to TikTok. You see TikTok trends about purple shampoo all the time. But let's talk about how you actually use these. You know, how should people fold them into their routines? It's funny you say TikTok because I feel the exact same way. I feel like people are getting, and I love it, but people are getting so smart about beauty because we're seeing all these quick little videos and tutorials yeah. and people are really understanding how these products work now. So our product, the Cool Blonde Shampoo and Conditioner, it's a purple shampoo and a purple conditioner. But it's a real deep purple. And I have clients use it once a week if they have any yellow or unwanted like brassy tones in their hair. And purple just on the color wheel is the opposite of yellow. So if you put the purple on, it kind of, it counteracts and it kills the yellow. So anytime any blonde or anybody with highlights in their hair is seeing like the unwanted yellow, you'll use the purple shampoo. Purple shampoos tend to be a little bit drying. So we really made sure to make sure that ours was moisturizing and it's a real deep pigmented purple. So it really does the trick. Some of them out there are like a light lavender. That's not going to do enough because it's just, it's too, it's too mild. You know, so ours really works, but I tell people to use it like once a week, a few weeks out from their salon visit, you know, blonde hair is just going to change. Blonde highlights are just going to change and they're going to pull on different tones that people don't want. So the purple really counter counterbalances that. But then we have the cool brunette, mm. which is a deep blue shampoo and blue conditioner because blue is the opposite of red. And a lot of brunettes pull unwanted red tones. They don't want to see any red in their hair. Like a, a beautiful brunette could go out in the sun. And you'd see like a shimmer of red and that can drive brunettes crazy. So we have a blue shampoo that does the same thing for brunettes. And then we have a whole line of gloss plus. So they're at home glosses. It's a yeah. deep conditioner that really adds amazing condition. It moisturizes the hair, but then there's pigment in it. So we have all different colors. You can mix the colors together to re-gloss their hair. Because again, even if you go to an amazing colorist, you spend a ton of money, hair color does fade. And I thought it was so weird that like a month out from a salon visit, my clients who were paying a lot of money for hair color, their hair color would fade. And I wanted them to have an option. Like you can absolutely re-gloss your hair at home. It's really simple. You know, you yeah. shouldn't have to go back into the salon, not only waste the time, but spend the money. So we have all of these products that you can re-gloss your hair at home if it starts to. Sure. I love that just because, you know, I think about my own experiences with getting my hair colored. And one of the things that you do love the most is just how shiny and luminous your hair looks shortly after a visit. 
And, you know, to be able to have that experience throughout, you know, the the weeks in between your appointments, it's just such a game changer. And to your point is glosses are actually relatively easy to use at home, you know? Yeah, they are. And that like, so it was funny because I'm such a perfectionist and I'd be the type that like if I saw a picture of a, a client on a red carpet or something, it didn't look exactly how I liked it. I would like reach out to him like, I need you to come in. I need to like tweak it or whatever. <laughs> but that made me think it's like my work only looks good if it actually looks good. And that only makes me look good. So like it drove me crazy that like maybe a client would go two months without seeing me. But at six weeks, it didn't look as good as I wanted. So like I want women to be able to make their color look good again. Like you said, glossing is really easy. We're coming out with a new product in the new year. And it's something we've worked on for like three years. And I'm so excited. And it's for exactly that, to get the shine back into the hair and to mm-hmm. kind of re-gloss it, but like ultra crazy shine. And I'm super excited about that. Like all of this is so fun for me because it's like, I know it's things that women want and yeah. to be able to actually create it and take the time and put my like heart and soul into it. I work with an amazing girl on our team, Karina, who does all the product innovation stuff. And her and I are both like the same kind of crazy when it comes to like, we want this to be perfect. So going back and forth to find the perfect formula has been so fun. But this next product coming out, I'm so excited about. Oh my God. Well, I'm so excited. This sounds right up my alley. Breaking news, everybody. (laughs) Okay. What are some hair trends that you're seeing right now? I feel like after COVID, I saw this story recently that somebody wrote and I was like, oh God, such an eye roll. Like they were saying like blonde hair is going away. Like people aren't interested in pushing up their roots anymore or whatever. And I apologize to anybody listening if you don't have blonde hair because you're probably like, oh my God, this guy talks about blondes so much. But that was kind of my clientele. Like, you know, once you become known for a certain hair color, that's kind of what you do. You know, there's people yeah. who are really fabulous at red hair or really fabulous at shiny brunette hair. And I just happen to be the blonde guy. So I apologize. I'm really trying to speak to all different hair colors. But they're recently saying that people were kind of steering away from blonde blonde hair. And I was like, that is such a load of crap. Like blonde's not a trend. You know, if blonde works for your skin tone, you're always going to do some version of blonde, right? You know, I would, I could consider you blonde when you have yep. those blonde hairs there. So what I notice is I think people are actually going brighter and a bit bolder. I think that like mm-hmm. red, super, super vibrant right now. I think brunettes are really shiny and glossy. And I think that blondes are getting brighter and getting touched up more at the root. You know, we went through this whole period of COVID where people were just letting their roots grow out because they weren't going out as much, but people are going out again and they want to be seen and they want to take photos and they want to be with their friends. And I feel like people are doing big, bold, like beautiful colors again. Like that's what I'm kind of seeing. And even with my clients back in LA, I still mess because they're all my friends. So I still message that we talk about, we do consultations um, through text message. Like, what do you think about this color whatever? And I'm just noticing that people really are talking about bright, bold, exciting hair colors you know it's not like that muted ombre thing you know oh well um, I that's so fun I mean I feel like after this period we've gone through you can see it in fashion you can see it in makeup and certainly you know to your point we can start seeing hair color I think people they want to feel bright and bold and have fun again yeah. I was just saying that I went to that iHeart music festival thing this weekend it was in Las Vegas and it was so fun because people are doing a lot of makeup and outfits and they're really dressing up again. And like, I think that's fun. You know, some people could be like, oh, that's so obnoxious or whatever. But I think that we're all, we've just been through such a weird time in our life that we're ready to just like celebrate and have fun and just be like a loud version of ourselves. So I think it's a- totally. 
I think that's why I have been in such an aesthetic rut lately is because I cannot decide what I want to take my look <laughs> to next. And so oh. instead of doing anything, I do literally nothing. <laughs> but like, <laughs> I think a lot of people are in that boat with you. I mean, we're talking about a different kind of person too, totally. you know, but like everywhere I go, you know, even here, like in Nashville, like when I go out, like I feel like people are dressing up a bit more. They're putting like their heels back on. They're doing their makeup, you know, putting lashes back on because it's fun. You missed it for such a long period of time. So totally. Uh, well, that's fine. That's a, that's inspiration for me to actually figure out what what I want my look to be next. OK, let's talk about you. What do you do for your own hair? For my own hair, I use the apple cider vinegar every single day. To, to wash my hair because I really, I also don't like the way my hair feels with shampoo. You know, I, if I shampoo it, I kind of like it better like the next day when some of my natural oils come back into it. So I do the apple cider vinegar and then I have naturally curly hair. So I style my hair. I, I mean, I blow it out. I pull the curl. And like I said, we have like our styling products. So I use that. And then I'm a really big fan. I mean, of course I'm going to use all of my products. So it's like, I can't just, so I'm, I'm not trying to push things onto people right now. <laughs> But well, I, I, I mean, I think that would not be a good sign if you didn't use your own uh, products. So feel free to just <laughs> lay it out. <laughs> you have a lot of podcasts that I really enjoy them because like I was saying, like, I love conversation. And it's so sweet because everybody's always like trying to give me an opportunity to talk about my products and stuff. But I'm like, I don't want this to sound like an infomercial. Like I want people to be entertained. But sure. this one happens to be about specifically hair and beauty. So we can talk about that. But there's one product that I love in my line and it's called the brightening powder. And it's a powder that we created that you use, you use it in the shower, you get it wet in your hands and it kind of creates like a, almost like a scrub and you put it in your hair and you scrub and it pulls out any impurities in your hair, anything, pollution, hard water that's in our shower. Anybody with highlighted hair out there knows that your hair gets dull. So this product pulls any of that stuff out of the hair, any product buildup that might be in there and it makes your hair really bright again. So every... Every two weeks, I do that product for my hair just to get it blonde again okay. without having to go to the salon or anything. So that's kind of like my hair routine. All right. Well, I need to know the rest of the beauty routine because you honestly <laughs> oh, have incredible skin. So give me the details. Oh, thank you. I, I really try to take care of my skin a lot because I have partied a lot and I've worked really hard. So I probably should look older than I actually am. But I... I just recently, so I used to do a lot of Botox and filler because I lived in yeah. LA and that's what you do there. They just talk you into doing it. And I just went to people and I trusted them and I looked like the cat lady a couple <laughs> years. But I just recently, about a year ago, I went to this fabulous woman who just opened an office in New York. Her name is Lisa Goodman and she opened a place oh, called- Oh, yes. I love her. She's fabulous. So Lisa Goodman is amazing. And she, her and I have been friends. I knew her in LA. And she reached out to me through Instagram recently. We're friends, so it wasn't rude. But she was like, Justin, you have to get that shit out of your face. And I was like, what are you talking about? I don't have filler in there. I haven't had filler in like two years. And she's like, no, you have filler in there. I didn't know that filler in some people could last like multiple years mm. and uh, travel in your face. So somebody had put filler up in my cheekbone area. And it looked okay when they very first did it. But it traveled down into my cheek. So she went in and she removed it. It's the most painful thing ever. They put like this solvent in there and it takes it all out. But I was telling her, I was like, no way there's still filler in there. It's been so long. She put it in and within hours, it all went away. Like it went down. Like I had so much filler that was stuck in my face. One thing that people should know, if you scar really easily, I scar really easily. Like I had a mole taken off on my arm and it's a really bad like keloid mm -hmm. scar. 
Sure. And she was telling me that if people scar or they, they get keloids, that they hold on to filler a lot longer than other people. So I was holding on to it. Yeah. So since I got all that taken out, now I've been really into, okay, I want to learn how to really take care of my skin so I don't have to do any of that stuff. So I've been really doing my research. And one thing that's made like a really big difference, I swear by those LED masks. Sure. Oh, yeah. But yeah. So I try to do the red LED mask. Which at one least. do you use? I love the Dr. Gross. Is that what yep. it's called? Yep. Yeah. So I yeah. love the Dr. Gross. And then I also have, do you know the line? I don't know. They're LED lights and you can buy systems for your house. So you okay. can do your whole body. So I bought one that does your whole body so I can stand in front of it and get all of my skin. So that one, like I'll either do the one on mask on my face or I'll just do the whole body thing. But LED light is fabulous. Yeah, like it's I don't amazing. know what it's doing, but it's like crazy. They even have like, there's a blue light on there. So if you have like blemishes happening, it'll like take care of that. So that's really helped. And then Dr. I'm giving Dr. Gross. It's gross, right? Yeah. Dr. Dennis Gross. Yeah. Yeah. Dr. Dennis Gross. I'm giving him a big shout out right now because I think he has great products. But he, he does, also yeah. has a little pad. It's a, mm. it's a one, two pad, like the baby, beta, alpha, beta yep. things. Yeah. Alpha, beta, hydroxy pads or something. Yeah. I think those are really amazing. But then recently I get like a lot of people will send me and I'm so grateful for it. They'll send me a lot of like skin products to try out. So I'll try a lot of things. And so I really know when I find something that I love that I notice a difference on my skin. And I'm telling you, like I try everything because I love like the beauty world. But just recently I got sent this product called Naturium. You know Naturium? Yes, I love this brand. Great. So they sent me a bunch of it and I've become friends with the guy who's behind the brand. His name is Ben. And then his partner, Susan, mm. and they sent me their stuff a long time ago. And I used it for like about a month. And right. I was like, holy crap, my skin's looking so good. And I kind of forgot about it because I finished the product and I was trying another one. And it was one of those things where I was like, you know, you look at pictures and you're like, my skin looks so yeah. good at this. I was like, it was from that product line. So I bought it again, bought the whole line again. And now I've become obsessed with it. I'm consistently using it over and over. And the thing that I like about Naturium, anybody out there listening, is it's an amazing price. Yes, it's. I, so I used their sensitive skin line for a while because I had sensitive skin and I truly, I, I used the whole thing. I remember being at the end, I'm like, oh, I definitely need to write about this. I go to look it up. I'm thinking that I'm using like truly like a 50, 60, 70, $80 cream. It wasn't hey. at all. It was like 30 bucks. It blew my mind. Oh, it's best price ever. Like it's wild. You can order it on Amazon. Really, yeah. really good prices. I ordered the whole line and I was shocked at what the price was. It'd be like, yeah, it's crazy, but it's really, really good stuff. And like I was saying, I've become friends with Ben and him and I talk a lot because he's as obsessed with beauty as I am. And he was explaining the whole philosophy to me. And they're pretty brilliant the way that they make these products. Like they really are all about ingredients and really doing the research. And yeah. they've done an incredible, I can't say enough good things about that line. I really, really like it. Yeah, I really, really like that line too. Okay, so the last thing that I asked about is, your well-being habits. You know, we we believe that everything is beauty on some level, whether it's how much you sleep, you eat, you move, it's all interconnected. So, you know, what are some things that you rely on to take care of your I am a huge fan of hot yoga. I was telling you that I do it every single day. And when I don't do it, I, I feel a difference. And I I have really bad ADHD and I used to try to take yoga classes and I would go crazy. I would just stare at the clock the whole time or I would fidget. I just wanted to leave the room. But there's something about hot yoga. Like when you're in a really hot room, it's like I'm basically just thinking about how to survive through the hour. And it's like all the sweat that's happening. And it really like calms my body down. 
So hot yoga in particular has been fabulous for me. And then I'm a really big fan of a morning ritual. You know, I'm a really early riser. I wake up super, super early, but I think I wake up, honestly, this is going to sound cheesy, but I wake up because I'm excited to get up and like do yeah. my routine. I like the quietness of the morning. So I wake up, I take my ACV shot. I turn on like my favorite music. I make my coffee and then I just slowly have like quiet time to myself. And I notice if I don't have that, my whole day is kind of thrown off. I, yeah. I hate rushing for anything. I always tell people, I'm like, anxiety is a real thing, right? We all experience anxiety. But when I really think about it, the only times that I would get super anxious was when I was rushing to something because I was like freaking out, you know? So I always try to make it a point to be early, early to everything, you know? So I never want to rush myself. And that's been like a game changer for me. I never... I never was rushing to things, but I think that like the more I paid attention to that and really made it a habit, now I get to places way too early. Like when I go to like <laughs> Sam Yoga, I get there like 520 in the morning and I like to just sit in my car because I, when I'm, when I'm anxious and I'm rushing, it, it throws your whole day into that, yeah. you know, like, but anything, if we're rushing to something, that's the mood that we get into. So I'm a big believer in giving yourself plenty of time to do things, but I know there's people who could be like rolling their eyes, like. Try saying that when you have four kids or whatever. So just try to do it like the best way that you can in whichever yeah. way. And but I think there's something really special about waking up really early before everybody else is up and really giving that time to yourself. No, I I totally agree. I I am not a morning person, but I have certainly tried my best to make my mornings a little bit easier on myself. And I do think the rushing part is key. You know, I used to spend all my mornings just like rushing around trying to get to work and just buffering in some extra time has just been such a game changer on my mood and my mornings and just my mental clarity to start the day. You know, it's and it, all it costs you is like 15 extra minutes or whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. If you can find the time, I just I think it's really, really important. I think, you know, they always say this and we we know this, but the more you can kind of practice breathing. You know, and like whenever I breathe and I can kind of calm myself down, I feel immediately better. But that also comes with like taking time to yourself and not racing around. Like just holding your breath is the craziest thing in the world. Like we, yeah. I, when I'm stressed out, like I notice I'm like, oh my God, I'm holding my breath right now. Like if I'm in line at the airport and like something weird is happening, like I'll hold my breath or whatever, I get stressed out. So like I'm really right now on TikTok, actually, yeah. I'm upset with all these breathing videos where like you just watch someone breathe and you kind of follow their breathing. And I'm immediately so much calmer. Like, I love it. Like, so when I try to fall asleep at night, I do my breaths and I fall asleep. I, I love that. You're a breathwork guru now. <laughs> <laughs> that's my next. That's my that's next. your bench. next. Okay. That's what DB is getting into next breathwork. <laughs> <laughs> well, Justin, thank you so much for joining me. This was so fun. I always love talking with you. And it was so fun to catch up and hear about, you know, everything that you guys have been up to. And we even got some sneak peek news for the new year. So I feel very lucky about that. And, you know, I just, I, I always value your time. So thank you so, so much for joining me today. Well, I appreciate you. This was so fun. I love getting to see you. You're so fabulous. You have such good energy. Like not only are you gorgeous, but you're just so, so sweet. And in the beauty world, you don't run into that all the time. I mean, yeah. I do a lot of these beauty editor things and sometimes people will be like a little bit cold or standoffish. But I remember when I very first met you, I'm like, how the hell does she work? For, it was Marie Claire at the time, right? Yeah. Yeah. That was a long time ago. Yeah. She's like the sweetest person in the world. So I've always really appreciated you. Oh, Justin, I feel so similarly. Thank you so much uh -huh. for coming on today.
Of course. Thank you for having me. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you want more beauty content, you can find it at mindbodygreen.com or any of our social channels. And finally, if you liked this podcast, don't forget to rate and review us. Thanks for tuning in. See you next week.